Hey guys, and welcome to Biomast episode 120. I want to thank you for tuning in either via the live stream on Twitch or our website, or if you're catching us on our recording on iTunes. Uh, I just want to thank you for, for coming in and listening to us. So we got a, a pretty good show here lined up for you, some good topics. Um, we'll talk about No Man's Sky, some more Titanfall 2 stuff, uh, a few other things. So without much further ado, let's go into introductions, starting at the top of the list, Sarizel. Hi, I'm Sarizel. I'm a co-host here on the show. Um... I wrote the really awesome show notes that uh, you can find on our website at biomass.net when you uh, go to last week's episode, and you'll be able to see this week's episode show notes as well. And um, so that's that's me. He's very proud of himself. I really am. I'm, I'm, I, like, I, like, I, like you, I, you, you I, do need to go to the website and, and, and appease him with lots of comments about how wonderful the show notes are. Please do. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so... We're we're trying to make sure that when we have a discussion in here and we're talking about something, you don't have to like search the internet for twenty minutes to find what we're talking about. So we're gonna try and actually get links to stuff in the show notes now. But that that extended notes is only on our site, not in the like iTunes descriptions. So okay, uh, and Bait. Hey everybody, what's up? My name is Bait, and I like to take naps before the podcast that almost make me late. <laughs> it was it was rolling the time. I'm like, uh, are you guys coming? I'm sitting in here by myself. It's like, oh shit, I'll be right there. I'm sorry. I was <laughs> sitting at my desk, like watching YouTube videos. I was, I was looking. I looked no. over. I'm like, oh, it's 8:02. Pokey's probably in the channel already. Yeah, I'll get in there in a couple minutes. It was weird. I looked up and it's like, oh shit. Like I woke up and it's like, oh my god, it's 9:06. I they're gonna kill me. And then we get started for nah. 20 minutes. <laughs> when, when do we start on time? Come on, come on. No one oh, listens right, to right. us live on because time. we're never on time. That's right. <laughs> Always on time. All right. Uh, no, he, was, he was good. He was good. All right, Dante. Hey, I'm Dante Draven and a Titanfall fanboy. I'm, I'm watching him basically get punched into this red mist of meat chunks and, and whatever um, on the screen over here. He's playing Titanfall 2 before the, the second wave of uh, closed alpha or whatever, open alpha, I guess, uh, is over. So we'll, we'll get to that later. He can kind of talk about his thoughts and the changes they've made since... Uh, Last weekend when we discussed it a little more in depth. And uh, Livy, introduction. Hello, I'm Livy. I blog and um, I want to make everyone feel old. And Super Nintendo is going to be 25 this week. Yeah, thanks for that. That's that's great. <laughs> Jesus. Just just bear in mind that that actually Bait wasn't even born yet. Yeah, Bait. What was your first game console? Like a oh shit. What was it? Like a GameCube. That's a good oh, console. Oh, it's, a good console. console. it's a good console, though. I think the first game console I played was an N64, to be honest. But that's because I was kind of got into video gaming late. Oh, young ones. <laughs> and uh, I'm Pokey Draven. I uh, obviously uh, host the podcast here. I do write for the blog on occasion. I got some stuff I'm working on pretty soon here. And uh, yeah, I used to play Dust and did all that stuff. But uh, that's many moons ago. So. Anyways, uh, going into our show list here. Let's take, um, so <laughs> we haven't done it in a few weeks, but uh, we should probably talk about Pokemon Go and people dying because that tends to kind of be a thing that goes hand in hand. I mean, so, I told you it was going to happen. It, it, yeah, I mean, it, it's not even just finding dead bodies. Now. We're actually making dead bodies with Pokemon Go because apparently people in Japan are driving around like everyone else does here with their phone out playing Pokemon Go, and he... Uh, collided with a 72-year-old woman and her friend, who was a 60-year-old, I believe, and uh, killed the 72-year-old and, and uh, very injure, injured the uh, the other woman, unfortunately. So, yeah, people are now running other people over with Pokemon Go. And he, he admitted, he goes, yeah, I was 
looking at my phone. I wasn't paying attention, didn't even see him. He pretty much just plowed right into him. So it's it's pretty sad to hear that despite the many warnings, and I think they've actually implemented some uh, countermeasures to prevent you from from playing while driving. I'm not sure exactly. Dante can comment on that a bit, but uh, people are still acting like idiots and uh, and being very irresponsible while playing. Yeah, there's like a little screen that pops up uh, or a little message that pops up and says, hey, you're going too fast. Are you a passenger? Yes or no? I mean, just click yes and then... So you click yes and then you're fine. Uh-huh, yeah. They, they need to like have, like, you have to like do like a little puzzle, you know, so you're more distracted. Yeah. yeah. So you, you, <laughs> you, want, you want people to have to do a puzzle because that's, they're not going to be deterred from actually playing while driving. They'll just now start doing your stupid distraction <laughs> puzzle while driving. Oh my gosh. I mean, it, it's a shame because, I mean, it's actually, you know, it, it's kind of cool if you have two people in the car and one person can actually kind of do both phones at the same time. But, you know, that's that's part of the game, I guess. But you don't want to remove that functionality by saying, you're going too fast, you aren't allowed to play anymore. But still, it's, you know, uh, people getting you know run over by that stuff now, it's, it's, it's pretty nasty. So that's a real shame. Speaking of which, it looks like uh, in Illinois, there's legislators putting forth what they're calling the Pidgey Law, which I guess the intention is that if a video game company produces a game that uses physical location data like Pokemon Go, um, and that location data is like a specific store or a restaurant or something like that, the owner of the restaurant can request to the company that they want that Pokestop or whatever location data removed from the game. And then the company would have uh, 48 hours to, to take it out of the game, you know, because it could cause disruption or whatever. Or I know there's some reports of vandalization in some parks or, or uh, restaurants and stuff, but people just overcrowding and, and you know, causing general trouble because they're drawn to it by the game. Um, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm kind of uncertain on how much they can actually enforce that, though. I'm, I'm no legal buff, but I mean, uh, I know, I think Zell's on the found the, uh, the link. Do, do you think that they actually can force the game company to comply with that if it's, like, on a, a state level? I, you know, it's, it's really interesting because it's, it's not like they're technically, you know, placing something on that property. But they are encouraging people to trespass by putting something there. Um, so, I mean, if they pass a law for it, it I think it'll hold. Um, I think it would hold up. Um, but uh, it's it's very interesting. I mean, they, they, they do take requests now, but it's just it can take several weeks. In the case of the place that they decided to um, hold this, it was a, um, I think it's a park, a skate park or something like that. And they... Uh, Literally, they would, you know, they've received hundreds of requests to remove this um, location, and they haven't done it. And then um, they announced a law against them that they were proposing there, and then the same day it disappeared. So, I mean, it's it's clear they're paying attention, but just not like moving on things. I think they maybe think they have more of a right to decide what is and isn't a portal than they really should. Yeah, because I mean, they they kind of cited that there were some some look. I mean, obviously, you roll this thing out across the entire country. There's, I'm assuming, millions of locations that that are already you know baked into this thing. You're gonna miss some that are are not appropriate. Like I think they were saying that there was like a Holocaust museum that happened to be a Pokestop. Not that they placed yep. it there; it was just yep. part of the data. And they took care of that really quickly. Like they took it down because they're like, yeah, that's that's not appropriate. We shouldn't have people, you know, well, loitering around bear playing bear a video game at a, <laughs> a Holocaust museum. It's been there for years, though. It has been there for years because it's it's been an ingress site. People have been playing True, this. You but, know, it's, this is just getting a lot more popular. Yeah, 
it's just getting a lot more public attention. So yeah, it's it's you know I mean I I get it. I think on the flip side, a lot of companies like it because it draws attention to their location for. You know, you see a lot of, you know, if you come in and show us your Pokemon Go level, you'll get a discount off your bill or whatever to encourage people to, while they're there, actually, you know, uh, purchase something from the, the store. But I can also understand why they want people to stay away in, in certain instances. Like, because, I mean, there's there's private property where the guy's got a statue in his front yard that is a Poco stop and people are, you know, parked in front of his house 24-7. You know, that that's obviously not something that, that you're probably going to want to have because it's, you know, it's not invasion of privacy because they may not necessarily be trespassing, but they're still loitering near or around your property and you may not want them there. So I, I kind of get that they that they're going to want to have that power. Now, what I don't, like I said, I don't know if the, the legal aspect of how that would work if, you know, if, uh, what's, what's the name of the company that does Pokemon Go? Uh, Niantic. Uh, Niantic. Niantic. If, if they actually will push back against this and, and try to fight it or they'll just kind of go along with it because they don't want to you know, cause a shit show. So we'll, we'll kind of have to see how that goes. I think that this will probably be a continuing trend throughout different states, and then we'll kind of keep keep an eye on that and see, you know, exactly kind of how this evolves over over time. Because I think it is going to be kind of an interesting way to look at games that have location data. Like you said, they're they're not actually doing anything to the property, and they're not placing anything on the property, uh, but they are encouraging people to go there. And you could kind of argue, well, if you own you know, a piece of land, you also own, you know, the, the kind of the rights surrounding uh, the information of where it's located. You know, do, do you have jurisdiction over that um, in a digital sense? Because you're not, it's, you know, it's kind of ambiguous. So we'll, we'll have to see kind of how that, that turns out over the, over the months here, because I think it will start to kind of roll, especially once in these things, once a law kind of becomes a thing, you'll see other things pop up that mimic it across different states, especially if it passes, you know, it, it tends to kind of have a rolling effect. So. That'll be interesting. Uh, so it looks like uh, that there's another another a Legion thing uh, that you found, Zell, uh, that's not dust-related, um, funny enough. But uh, did you want to talk about that briefly? Yeah, so um, this is... A, I actually, I heard about it a couple months ago. I just, it, you know, I was reading an, another story about it. I thought it would be funny to mention it because, you know, um, Legion is kind of a running joke for us. Um, uh, yet another thing called Legion is... Uh, coming out this year in addition to the wow expansion um and is not a, not a successor to dust <laughs> but so they're making an actual x-men tv series um which uh brian singer is the executive producer on it is i guess gonna the the news in question is that it's it's gonna in some way be able to tie into the movie universe i kind of wonder if it's gonna be an alternate timeline deal with it or something because i know they are intending to have characters like you know charles xavier in it um so i i actually i i said this year i think it's next year probably that it's coming out um but i am not sure um but the interesting thing to me of course is that uh you know marvel obviously has been doing this tv com movie combo universe thing and then x-men of course has been in this land of fox owns the rights to it marvel's super upset about that they can't get those rights back and so you know marvel's actually gotten to the point that they've practically written mutants out of the uh, marvel universe um in favor of inhumans um which are just different enough to not be licensed to fox to make movies about um and so you know whereas they they're kind of getting spider-man back through this sony deal and then fantastic four i think is going to end up going back to them because um uh, what's it called that owns it has failed to make a decent movie out of it repetitively um 
X-Men is, you know, always been successful at, at their movies that make bank. They're never giving up that franchise. And now they're looking at expanding that into TV as well. That's kind of interesting. I mean, like you said, it's got, they're kind of in that awkward, you know, uh, Marvel and, and then X-Men being its own separate entity, um, which I think, you know, it caused a lot of confusion around the whole, the whole Deadpool thing. But uh, it, it's funny to see them trying to kind of weasel their way around it because it is causing so much friction, especially when you're trying to you know, maintain this one universe that is obviously steeped in a lot of backstory that, that you know, connects together you know, fairly well. And then you're forced to kind of ignore a big chunk of it because someone else owns it. And you can't make movies about it. Um, I, I think that you know, it, it makes sense to try to fill that hole with something similar enough, like you said, to get around the, the, the legal part of it, but still you know, do what you want to do with it. So. You know, I kind of get it. It makes sense. Uh, any idea what that show's going to be about, or is it still? Um, it is. I, I think it's it's like earlier, like very early days before like the the timeline of the X Men movies would be. Cash. Uh, let me see here. Um, talk about something dead air while I look this up. So, <laughs> um, um, yeah, I mean um, it's. It is a parallel universe to the movies. Um, the government knows mutants exist. People like the regular public does not. Um, it's a fun and unique timeline, etc. Buzzwords. Um, yeah, I'm I'm kind of curious if they'll because whenever I hear Ultimate it's about Universe, the son I of, think it's about the son of Charles Xavier. Okay. Okay. Now, is it? I wonder if it's going to be like self-aware that it's an alternate universe, or if it's just a because you you know how it goes sometimes they'll say, oh yeah, this is you know they'll they'll make it apparent that it is an alternate universe or they'll just kind of do their own thing. And then on the back end say, but it's different from everything else. Don't worry about it. You know, you kind of, cause especially with, you know, some of the stuff they've done with, with X-Men in the past, you know, how, yeah. how aware is it going to be of the fact that it is not the same timeline? So they'll probably do a couple little clever references here and there or something like that, but they, they don't, they obviously aren't going to have characters moving back and forth a lot between those universes because for the, I mean, for the same sort of reason why S.H.I.E.L.D. has had so many problems, it's very hard to get movie actors in TV shows and then get TV shows um, represented in movies. It's it's kind of a it's kind of a rough category, and I think they're just trying to remove that as a problem by just saying, you know, we might do some clever nods or something, but it's, you know, it's a separate thing. Has Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. been successful? I, I don't watch it, but I mean, has it, has it done a decent job of tying itself in with everything else that's going on with the Marvel movies, or is it still kind of on its own, you know, separate, um, detached uh, um, pathline? It kind of leeches on the edge of some of the movies. It'll, you know, there's brief mentions of, of the events in each movie. Um, they ref- they reference Avenger characters way too much to, to its detriment in some cases, um, but they rarely ever get to show any real connection. Some of the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents that have appeared um, in the movies have appeared in the show. There were a couple, like, around the time of Captain America, the Winter Soldier, they did a really big thing, because that, of course, involved the fall of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, but uh, there there aren't a lot of crossovers. Samuel Jackson's been on there a couple times. Um, the actress who plays Maria Hill, um, and uh, uh, Jamie Alexander, who plays Sif, um, has actually been on the show uh, multiple times as well. But Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s connection is kind of weak to the movies, and... Um, Unfortunately, the movies have, have never even tried throwing a Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. character even in like a cameo role in a background shot or anything. And then that's kind of weird because, I mean, 
I'm guessing getting the, the TV guy on there is a lot easier than getting the movie guy into the TV show. Yeah, well, that they would really yeah, well, heavily play off the pulling Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. into the movies, even if it is, like you said, as a peripheral role. I mean, I think it's been long enough, I think I can um, briefly ruin this. Um, so, uh, Avengers 2. Um, Avengers 2, there's the helicarrier is in the movie, and uh, the show actually explains that, the, that uh, it was actually um, Coulson's team that had actually stashed the thing away. Um, he'd, he'd organized it being hidden and whatever. Um, and what really bugged me was when they had a, the carrier in Avengers 2, you had these people on the bridge of, of the helicarrier that were just random, you know, random extras. And I'm like, you could have literally not even said their names and just put some of the cast members from the show in the movie. Um, but I, in, in like, even in non-speaking roles there, um, to say, yeah, they were there. They're the people involved, you know, but, uh, the thing is, I guess the excuse that they're they're using is that you know TV shows are are very quick. Things change on a regular basis. You know they make they make these shows plots you know often a month or two in advance of filming, and whereas the movie plots and the movie um, planning process is usually significantly longer. It you know things are planned years in advance, and all of the you know scripting and casting and everything is is much more extended so that it's not as flexible to be able to just grab things and integrate them the way TV can grab movie references and throw them in. Yeah, I suppose that's fair. I mean, you, you could probably potentially run into issues where the release of the movie and then where it is in the sequence of the, the show may not line up and things could change to a point where it wouldn't make sense where you, you know, kill off a character in the TV show and then suddenly it appears in the movie. It would be a little awkward. Um, <clears throat> if it, you know, if you're trying to actually do that level of, of syncing them together. So I guess I could buy that as a, a valid reason why they, they don't do as much as they could have. I mean, opposed from, you know, thematic references rather than having actual characters uh, crossing back and forth. Yeah, I mean, they, they reference Ultron a couple times, but that's pretty much it. And I mean, that's the assumption it's taking place after Avengers 2, right? No, like season one is after Avengers 1. Season two is like right in the Winter Soldier area, and then Season 3 is after Ultron. Okay, and the, and the reference you're, you're speaking of is, is in Season 3, correct? Yeah, they basically said something about yada yada yada, balance of power, what happened after Ultron. Gotcha. Okay, I mean, that's that's fair. We at least establish this timeline so you, you can kind of track what's what's happening when in a broad sense. That's That's pretty legit. I would say almost every Marvel movie is at least briefly referenced, so yeah, it's... You know, they try and get the airtime to line up with the movie release times in terms of uh, the storyline. Yeah, you, you're talking about them replacing mutants with Inhumans. They really like like locked it down in, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as the whole totally not mutants, but mutants. Yeah, and that's, um, I guess they kind of, it sounds like they canceled it, but they were looking at, um, or at least put it off. But they were looking at doing an Inhumans movie, and it was very confusing to me how they would possibly do a movie that didn't reference the TV series um, with Inhumans, because the Agents of Shield show is almost entirely about Inhumans at this point. Yeah, if you if you notice, there's a little a bit of um, Deadpool nod. The uh, I'm assuming you've seen all three seasons of the show. Yeah, yeah. It, the whole you know, try not to spoil it, but activating a Inhumans powers. They kind of nod that in Deadpool. That's actually really funny since 
they don't say it, but in Deadpool, they're towards the end of the movie. They're basically fighting on the crashed helicarrier from uh, Winter Soldier, if I recall. Even though it's you know we we can't say it, but you all know, <laughs> you, you you all know what we're what we're trying to get at. But you're you know we we can't cross the two. Well, they, they it's really a are. helicarrier. I wouldn't say it's the helicarrier from one of the Marvel movies. Uh, the- um, to get really nitpicky about it, the helicarrier they show off in. Uh, Deadpool is a much more classic comic book style version of the helicarrier than the flying aircraft carrier that uh, um, they use in the Marvel Universe movies. All right. The ones in the comics are much taller, not as not as flat. Okay, fair enough. I'm, I'm obviously not a, a buff, but uh, I, I found that that whole bit pretty funny because the whole debacle like we talked about before with, with Marvel versus uh, uh, yeah. X-Men and whatnot. We've been unfortunately very light on uh, on the Deadpool chat since uh, Jay ran off. Um, yeah, we we need to get some more Deadpool in here. Just you know, we'll see if we, we, we've been lacking in our daily Deadpool in the chat as well. It's, it's we, we have like th- you know three hundred some odd listeners. We sh- we should be able to get Ryan Reynolds to come on in the show, right? Oh yeah, totally. I mean we're, we're we're kind of a big deal. I mean, come on, guys, three hundred listeners. I mean, that's that's how many Spartans there were. I mean, that's that's it's pretty important, right? <laughs> Man. Man. Uh, yeah, no, but but the Deadpool would be good. I should probably dig into that a little bit more because I, I know they're obviously working on the second one since the movie was absurdly profitable, like absurdly profitable, um, and hopefully it can actually live up to its its predecessor. But I, I have faith that the people that worked on it had a lot of fun making it and are really passionate about making a good Deadpool movie, not making you know the next blockbuster. I don't think they, they really cared how much money it made as long as it was enough to, to prove Fox wrong when they told them it's not going to be profitable. So I, I, I get a feeling that, that they'll probably produce uh, something that's it's up to par um, with Deadpool 2. The, the thing about Deadpool is Ryan Reynolds, if he ever dies, they can never make a Deadpool movie again. Like like nobody else will be as good. Yeah, I'm fairly certain that he he's not actually really acting at all. Um, in the movies, he's pretty much just being himself. <laughs> just, just the way you see him in interviews and whatnot, even for other films, he's basically is Deadpool, you know, just, just naturally, which is, you know, it, you see him do these other superhero uh, roles, and it's like, yeah, no, you really should just do this one, because that's, you were meant to do this role. It, it's it's too perfect. Especially when his suits are green and animated. Oh, God, I, I died that reference. Okay, um, moving along, we're, we're going to touch on, on Titanfall 2 again because uh, the second second wave of uh, the Alpha was this weekend and Dante picked that up. And I, I believe that Bait bought Titanfall 1 on sale on Steam or whatever and then also tried Titanfall 2. So I, I'm going to kind of hand this over to Bait and kind of give his thoughts on a first-time player of Titanfall 1 and then what he liked about it and then what he thought of Titanfall 2. Um, in comparison to Titanfall 1. So, uh, Bates, you want to take it away? Yeah, man, absolutely. So, uh, I want to say it was like Tuesday or Wednesday of last week that Titan, the first Titanfall went on sale on Xbox for like $5. And I had a little bit of money sitting in my, uh, in my Microsoft account, so I said, eh, fuck it, okay, let's get this game. Uh, so, I bought it and booted it up for the first time, and I, I absolutely fell in love with it. Um, it the, the the jumping around and the the wall running was beautifully done in my opinion much better than Call of Duty, um, uh, much better than they did with that. 
um and uh just it it just seemed easy i guess is uh is a way to describe it like i'm bad at shooters i'm really bad at shooters but i'm fucking fantastic at titanfall um for, and for some reason and i can't quite figure out why um but it, it's probably the most fun i've had with a shooter in a really long time um being able to call down you know the the titan and seeing it drop um and then getting in it and and just instantly like exploding uh thing and making it go nuclear um is one of the greatest things ever um so really enjoying the first one uh, a lot i can't find too many things that i think i dislike about it um that fucking smart pistol even after it's been nerfed after what two years three years it's still annoying and i i, I do not like it um told you god damn dude even after the the nerf where i think it takes two lock-ons to kill um players it's still annoying as all fuck um so yeah that's my that's my stick for titanfall one yeah, it's it's interesting you you kind of bring up your your performance in that game because um, I am not a terribly great player at shooters, but in most cases I tend to to outperform Dante in shooters. But when playing Titanfall, I get my I get completely creamed. Like I just face ground into the ground repeatedly. Like I just get I I, I face plant every time I play that game. And then this this kid over here is like, oh yeah, I went like. 32 and 5, everyone else the team got 2 kills, I had, you know, 35 kills, I'm like, okay, <laughs> like, he's, like, absurdly good at it, and it's fun to watch him play, because he, he dominates, but, uh, yeah, I think it's just, it, it's got, like, it, it just, that style of gameplay just works for some people, and it just doesn't work for others, like, it just does not, does not appeal to me, but I think that, you know, you're not alone in that it's kind of like, this is just kind of the game for you, you know, and you just kind mm-hmm. of sell at it, just kind of like Dante does, so, you know, that's, that's pretty interesting. Um, so you did you give Titanfall two uh, a shot with the alpha? Yeah, yeah, sure did. Um, I it still felt like I was kind of playing the first game, um, just with a you know minor tweaks, uh, w- w- which I think is good. Um, I mean, the first game is is it's a really solid game. Um, there there were just a few quirks I think maybe uh, in the second one that, that I personally didn't like. Um, like, I, I don't think, as far as I'm aware, there's no way to make your Titan do the nuclear detonation. <laughs> um, which, yeah, I, I'm, I'm missing the nuclear detonation. Yeah. You, you know, the, I'm sure you tried the one that makes a bigger nuclear detonation. Fuck and, yeah, I did. And yeah, I would find an ogre that is nice and slow and bring out my strider and go mm-hmm. suicide bomb him. <laughs> I, that, that is a, I, I was looking on the forums, that's a heavily requested feature. So fun. Um, that, no, they, they're not saying respawn is not saying it is or is not in the game so i mean it could just be like they locked it for the beta which i Mm -hmm. really hope because that was an ungodly amount of fun yeah it it really is um also don't feel like you and maybe it's just a result of you know the the lack of the nuclear detonation but your your pilot doesn't shoot up as far into the air as i would like i have found myself i think twice now getting shot out of the air by other people in their titans that i've ejected um away from i guess if you will it, which the, is kind of annoying i think i figured out what the issue was with that and i noticed it too um you don't go as high um apparently people were complaining that you get shot up too high that means yeah. you're in the air longer that means you can get shot easier 
okay, whatever. Huh. I, I think the reason you get shot out of the air in Titanfall 2 more often, especially with Ion, is because he's got that split rifle and it is stupid easy to hit pilots. And oh, I think, that's right. I think the easiest one was the chain gun in Titanfall 1, and even then, its bullet travel time and fire rate made it rather difficult to shoot things out of midair. Mm -hmm. I actually shot them out of midair with, with uh, normal weapons easier than I could with Titan weapons, but it feels like the complete opposite here now. Yeah, which is kind of annoying, because sometimes you want to eject out your Titan and land on the other Titan. But can't really do that. They, you know, shoot the, the fucking splitter and kill you in the middle of the air. I don't get shot that often, I guess. I don't oh, know. it seems like every time I eject, I get, like, I've got some idiot in their Titan shooting up at me. Remember that you do have air control, a little bit of air control while you're falling, so I usually just start trying to move away as, oh, far, I do, as fast I do, as possible. I? Yeah, okay. To keep that in mind. So obviously, um, we spoke about it last week, but the whole changes to the rodeo system um, is, is kind of a bit of a, a hot topic. What are your thoughts on that and, and the change between Titanfall 1 and 2 and, and how rodeo works and, and, and whatnot? I think I've only done rodeo once. You should have seen me play the first, uh, the first game. Couldn't figure out for the life of me how to, ro how to rodeo a Titan. I kept getting stepped on, but then I figured it out. Um, as for the second one, though, I, I don't know. Like... The one time I did it, I'm pretty sure I jumped up on the Titan, pulled out the little, like, battery thing or whatever, and then I just, like, it ejected me off the thing. I'm not sure he, if that's accurate as to how it works, but... Yeah, it does force you to jump off, so you can't repeatedly do it, but with a, grappling with a grappling hook, it is quite easy to do the, those repeat uh, rodeos. I, I did notice something, actually, about five minutes ago while I was playing. Uh, the battery packs we talked about... The than being able to restore friendly shields. Well, I discovered if you get re repeatedly get battery packs for somebody, I, I dumped three battery packs into somebody and healed their entire health and their shield, which is something completely different from Titanfall 1, because Titanfall 1 is once your armor is gone, it's gone. Nothing's mm -hmm. going to get it back. So you actually have a, a, while rather hard and slow, but there is a way to heal your uh, titan here as with at the cost of basically risking rodeoing another titan so how does that work do you rodeo other titans pull out their batteries and then put it on friendly titans well did what you could do is you can either ride around on the back of a friendly titan and you can like shoot and do stuff on there and mm -hmm. what and if you're riding on the back of a friendly titan it actually makes it impossible for an enemy pilot to jump on their titan so it's adding a basically protection to them oh um, which is quite nice. So yeah, you, you basically grab the battery, rip it out of an enemy Titan, jump onto a friendly Titan, and put it into their slot, I guess, which gives them a shield. Oh. And uh, Pokey was watching me play earlier today, and uh, there was two Titans fighting, and I jumped on the enemy one, pulled his battery out, and gave it to my friendly, which actually gave him just enough health to win the battle <laughs> and survive. And so that was a, a lot of fun. What you just said made me think of something. I tell you what they really uh, made easier was shooting uh, from a friendly Titan to another Titan. Because in the first one, I can't tell you how many times I've killed myself because I couldn't shoot facing the same direction as my friendly Titan. Like, I'm riding on the back of my side and they're facing forward. I cannot shoot forward uh, without shooting my anti-Titan weapon without it hitting their Titan and killing me. Um, um, which one were you... I'm, unless I'm doing it wrong. Were you using the Sidewinder, I'm guessing? The little missile launcher, like uh, a machine gun? In the first one or the second one? First one. The... Oh, shit. 
No, not the, the grenade launcher. No, not the grenade launcher. The the charge up, not the charge one, but the one that makes you lock on the archon launcher. Oh, the missile launcher. Yeah. Yeah, um, missile launcher. I I that is the reason I stopped using that actually because <laughs> oh, really? I kept blowing. Yeah, oh. I kept blowing myself up. Um, it is based on the trailers of Titanfall Two. It is in the game, but it's currently not in the beta. Okay. Um, I can say I have never killed myself using titan weapons on the back Damn. of friendly titans so that that is a definite bonus um i did notice that i think they're the body of the titan moves around less so that it's easier to shoot because i have gotten many kills riding on the back of an enemy mm-hmm. titan and that's a lot of fun no i think this one it seems like the top of the titan is just flat um so you're able to look um in all directions and, and still be able to fire which was nice being able to do that yeah i mean the, the game People bitching about it. I see people bitching about it all the time, but it's like the game, the, the fluidity of the free running is just magnificent. And oh, yeah. adding adding the grappling hook and the stim, which is the speed boost, that just makes it. I've had, Pokey was watching me, I was, I've had several kills where I basically bounced around inside of an area with, and then eventually got the right angle to pop him with the shotgun, which, again, the, shot, the, the shotgun in this one is totally weird. But it, it, it like, it fires a flat project. It fires like a bunch of flat projectiles in a straight line, and then like the bullet travel time is super low. It's slow, so it's really odd. It's not a traditional shotgun by any standards. Doesn't shoot in the in a cone. No, it it shoots oh, literally fuck. in a um vertical or sorry a horizontal line. Like like it's it's just this line of pellets. It's it's so weird. It's kind of lame. Um, I think well for one. Uh, Titanfall 1, if you did the right thing with the shotgun, the shotgun was a sniper rifle, pretty much. Its range was <laughs> ridiculous. So adding the bullet travel time really helped on that. Um, now, in I, I've noticed a little bit in, in multiplayer, because we don't have single player, obviously, in the beta, but I think the flatness means that you can basically walk up to a row of grunts and just fire it, and it'll spread out through the entire area yeah. of grunts. So I can see how that would work. Um, I, I actually just recently unlocked all of the weapons and abilities in the beta and trying those out to see what's worth it and what's not. But but overall, I mean, I'm having a blast. Granted, I, I had to tweak. I was messing with my sensitivity and dead zones. I was messing with it for like three days. I mean, I was started messing with it just trying to fine-tune it, and I finally found a really nice uh, combination because like you have sensitivity and then you have like stick layout or something like that. Of It's super weird no I, the first thing i did was i i turned on auto uh it was an auto sprint which is the greatest feature ever uh oh, yeah, and definitely. drop drop my sensitivity down all the way to low it's great great i don't know why you would want to not sprint in that game like it's all about movement i i think walking is not something you really want i mean there's no stamina so why would you not go as fast as you could all the time dante's giggling in the background here because he's doing some some crazy stuff, but uh, you know, I, I think you're right, Bate. That I think they, they kind of encouraged um, riding on friendly titans' backs a little bit more. I, I, I would agree that I think that it's it's much easier to shoot uh, from the back, um, which is a lot more fun because, uh, like you said, with like the whole the battery thing, it, it kind of adds a little extra element of stuff you can do uh, as an assistant riding on on the friendly titans' back, which is a lot of fun, I think. So, in your opinion, do you think Titanfall 2 was a better experience, same experience, or, or worse than uh, than Titanfall 1, or just, just different? It was about the same. It was somewhere between about the same and just different. Not too different, though. Okay, that's fair. 
yeah, again, it's, it's not really a game for me, but it's, it's good to get your guys' feedback for people that can actually not fail at it. So, you know, it's, 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 it's good to, to get some uh, additional feedback on it. So, And you did not try Titanfall 2, correct, Cell? Yeah, I don't have a console that can play it. Gotcha. Because they didn't do the PC for whatever reason. It's, it's very weird. It's about optimization, wasn't it? I thought there was something uh, about them. I thought it was most of it. I thought there was something about them being worried about um, people poking around the files and figuring out everything about what they were doing, coming up with. Uh, oh. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it, it's pretty clear that they obviously have not released all the content um, in the alpha. So there's there's a lot of stuff in there that isn't ready to go. And you know how people are in PCs. They go to town with it and find every little detail, which is... We poke into things. We we do poke into, you know, it's, it's that's poking is fun. But uh, you, you know how it is. You would you, know. You, you put stuff would on it. I would know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we saw it with CCP where they would uh, they put stuff on on uh, the test server and people were like, oh my god, this is terrible. Look at this this feature they're going to put in. It's this is the final result. And, you know, it's like guys, we, it's just in there because we're screwing around with it. Like it's not a final product. Relax. You know, it, especially with this is a pet peeve of mine that the the terminology alpha and beta are so misused now to mean it's basically a hype demo. Um, that when a game company is actually trying to actively develop something because it is an alpha or a beta, um, people assume that it's basically the finished product. In most cases, it is, but you know, in some some cases, they may have stuff in there that is not ready yet for consumption. And in some cases, you know, they don't want people cases, freaking out about it. The beta and the final so-called release game may be almost completely different games. Uh, yeah, yeah, we've been there too. Well, I mean, one, one good example of, of a, uh, this is what you think you're going to get, and this is what you actually got, um, would be No Man's Sky, which we kind of have to talk about, because I'm reading that uh, 90% of the original player base that purchased the game on, I believe, Steam, I don't think we have numbers for uh, the other console, uh, 90% of players have stopped playing the game. Like, so the population is, is about 10% of what it was on launch, and it's normal to, to lose players after launch. I mean, it happens, but ninety percent is, is is pretty bad. And they usually don't ask for their money back. They usually don't, but reports are that Sony, Steam, and oh shit, some other Amazon. retailer are offering Amazon. Amazon. Yeah, yeah, they're offering refunds regardless of how long you've actually played the game. So people oh. are putting in fifty, sixty hours in No Man's Sky, and then asking for a refund and actually getting. It. Fuck, man. So we all so, made yeah. a mistake by not buying it because we could have gotten <laughs> to play it for free. Oh, yeah. well. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. Well, I mean, there's actually an ex-Sony uh, rep that's coming out and basically saying if you buy a game, play it for 60 hours, and then return it for a full refund, you just stole that game. Like, <laughs> you, that, that's that's not a refund at that point. You have played... I mean, like, my, I've spoken before, my, my litmus test, if I can get about 60 hours out of the game, then it was money well spent if I spent $60 on it. Um, at that point, you've got your money's worth out of the game, and then you ask for a refund. I'm, I'm kind of prone to, to think that's not really in my opinion, a very ethical thing to do, regardless of what you thought you were going to get versus what you got. You knew what you got way before the 60-hour mark, and you decided to get a refund. Like That's unprecedented for them to even offer refunds at that point. I think Steam is like two hours at the absolute most that you can you can get a refund on the game in most cases. Like, Is that the policy? So I forget. Um, 
Yeah, it's, it, they really don't give you many. It's a couple of hours or, you know, a couple of days from purchase, whichever one comes sooner. Yeah, I mean, it's this This is obviously unprecedented in terms of them offering refunds well, this far. I wouldn't, well, I, I wouldn't say unprecedented. Um, Arkham, the last Arkham game, I think oh, they, okay. they were well, very similar. Yeah. I, I think that was the developers that said, we don't know how to fix this port. You get your money back because we screwed up. I think that was actually the developer that that offered that refund because it was it, I think what it was it was built for consoles and they ported it to PC I think and it was it just didn't work like they could not get it to work properly and they finally said we give up sorry you know it became a point where it wasn't fiscally worth them continuing to sink resources into fixing the game uh, to a point where it was like we're better off just eating the cost of you know all those purchases and, and just moving on. But Which yeah, is pretty the, the bad. No man's your best solution is just, oh, yeah. like we're done. Give up? Yeah, no, that's that's pretty bad. I mean, usually they'll they'll limp along for quite a while, um, and you know, and produce a, a beta for three years and then shut it down and say we'll release the. Um, sorry, I'm, I'm having dust flashbacks, but uh, you know, have we experienced uh, these sorts of problems before? We 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 have experienced these sorts of problems, but I will say CCP did not give up for a very long time. Um, and, and they, you know, obviously moved on to something else. Uh, <laughs> they, they did their best with, with trying to keep it alive as long as they did. Uh, but yeah, the, the, the No Man's Sky, I mean, obviously steeped in a lot of controversy of features that were promised um, and just simply were not in the end result. I, I, didn't, I don't think they've actually fixed the multiplayer. Um, I, I don't think it's in the game, honestly. I, I almost wonder, I'm going to be the conspiracy theorist guy and, and say i think it was actually never intended to be in the game and they were just hoping that no one would ever find out because you know it, it the chances of it happening were so low and on the first day they got screwed in their bluff when someone found a location that they should have been in the same spot with somebody else and it did not happen i i think they got caught in a lie and that's really nasty i think that's a lot of the reason why um these refunds are being issued by these uh, retailers but there's 18 quintillion planets in the game, Pokey. The chances of you running, the chances of you running years. I'm so sick of open world games. Like, like honestly, No Man's Sky is the pinnacle of all the shit that I hate that gets spouted for open world games. It's basically like, here's a universe that is so large, there's no possible way we could ever put any meaningful content into all of it. So basically, it's either going to be all meaningless or the, meaning, the, the meaningful stuff is so far spread apart, you stop caring after the 80th planet, nothing is, is going on. Like, it, it is... I'm, I'm, I'm so sick of open-world games. because I, I think people want a certain experience that doesn't exist, because whenever a game promises open-world, and even when they deliver on what they promise, people are still dissatisfied with what they got. Like, it, I, I don't think it works, and I think that it, it's... As an industry, they're pushing way too hard for this. Open world is the only good games now. If it doesn't have open world, why bother? That's not true anymore. I mean, come on. There's lots of great games out there that are not open world and do extremely well. You don't have to have an open world to make it a great game. And I feel like in so many cases, especially in No Man's Sky, that was the selling point. Is Oh, look, it's big. Okay, that's great. What it do I do like in it? the only point. That was the only point I was asking up until the release date and beyond. Okay, it's big. What the hell do we do in it? And they go, "You do big things in it. Like, look at look at look at this look at this dinosaur with chicken legs." I'm like, "I don't I don't care. <laughs> like, what do I do in your game?" And they're like, 
but you can shoot lasers at rocks. I'm like, I, okay, what do you do that I actually care about that isn't from Minecraft? And they're like, ah. Uh, name things. You can <laughs> name a planet dick butt. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I was so fed up with No Man's Sky before it even came out. I'm like, I don't, I, 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 I was hoping up until the very day they released that I was horribly wrong about the game being really boring and shitty. Like I, I honestly wanted it to be fantastic, and then it came out, and it was like, "Yep, Pokey, you were right about everything." <laughs> I'm like, "Why? Why did it have to be this same blasé open world bullshit that we get so often now?" But you managed to pack all the things I hate about open world games into one game and ship it, and now no one plays it. So, but but Pokey, there is 18 contillion contillion whatever hype trains. <laughs> Yeah, man. <laughs> oh my god. Star just, Citizen! Star- yeah, no, you say at, that, at least dude. Star Citizen, at least Star Citizen, they showed me a video of, here's stuff you can actually do in the world. Your computer will light on fire if you try to do it, but at least we're, we're trying to make you be able to do something you care about inside the game. So, I, I will give them props for that, that they are actually going for the big, persistent universe and putting stuff in it rather than just a lot of planets. So I'll, I'll, I'll give Robert Space Industries that, that they, they they are going in the right direction. I just don't know if they'll pull it off, but at least they're, they're getting the open world done the right way, um, mostly by making it not so big that you don't care anymore after a while. And plus, you know, multiplayer is nice in a big open world because who wants to be alone in a universe that has 18 quintillion planets full of dinosaurs with chicken legs? Like, come on. Triggered. God, it just seems God, like it's triggered. I'm sorry. I'm just. I. I, I just. Because. Like, because. Okay. So the the reason that I'm all worked up about this is that Final Fantasy 15 coming out. And I'm a Final Fantasy fanboy. I'll buy that. And one of the biggest complaints about 13 was that the game was extremely linear until about the halfway point, and then it became more of an open world experience where you had lots of pathways and lots of room you could walk around. And this was mostly for a story purposes that it kind of needed to be linear. Um, because you're effectively fugitives on the run and the linear progression helped push the story. Okay. And people were complaining, oh, well, I don't want to have to be stuck on a linear path, you know, for half the game before I get to the open world part. And I'm already twitching at the mention of open world. Well, it comes to find out that Final Fantasy 15 is open world for the first half of the game and then the second half is more linear. Um, and people are flipping their shit. And I'm asking, what the hell do you actually want with this open world? I mean, it's gonna be the same crap you see in every other open world game, where it's, you know, yes, there's side quests and lots of places you can go, but in the end of the end of the day, it's a bunch of side quests. The only games that really pull it off well are like Skyrim and Fallout, like they nail the open world experience, but I feel like every other freaking game out there that has open world is just, they half ass it, it's done poorly, but people crave the damn buzzword. They have to have, oh my god, open world, even though the game experience they're used to is basically linear with the illusion of open world, it just has random side quests that don't mean anything splitting off to the side, that if they don't hear the term open world, they're like, oh, it's going to be a shitty game. I don't care. It's too linear. It's on train tracks. I don't want to be on a on a freaking road trip where I can't drive the car. And I'm like, I, I, I hate you. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm so sick of it. So that's why I'm, I'm annoyed with this obsession with open world, even though I feel like people don't actually want what the word means. They don't, they don't understand what it means. They don't, they don't really quite get it. And then this obsession with an entire game based around open world, 
with nothing to do in it or very little things of consequence to do in it is just, you know, I feel like I want to slap these people in the face and go, this is what you asked for. That's what you got. Why are you upset? You know, the the thing with open world is uh, you have this dream that obviously Star Citizen is pushing really hard where you could just like do whatever you want in the game universe, you know? But the thing is, is at the end of the day, um, everything you can do in a game, everything that's clickable has to be programmed to do that. So every single thing you do is something that had to have been designed to be done. And, and there's limits to what you can do. Exactly. And I mean, you, you've got games that, that do their fair share. I mean, like Eve bombards you with content. There's, there's all kinds of career pathways you can take that give you a sense of, wow, I have a lot of options of things I can do in this universe that's very big. And honestly, the EVE universe, while physically large, is thin with where the content is. It's it's very spread out. And that's okay, because the good game design is that there are lots of things for you to do, and we've spread it out over a big universe. I'll buy that. That's fine. Star Citizen seems to do the same thing. You can be a trader. You can be a combat fighter. You can be a miner. You can go down on planets and fight ground wars. That's lots of stuff to do. That's the part of a game that makes it fun. If you put the fun part in a big universe, that's cool. The problem is that people try to take a big universe and make it fun. They're, they're going at it backwards. And I feel like it's, it's happening more often the wrong way rather than the right way. And, and obviously Star Citizen is kind of this ultimate example of, I think they're doing it the right way because they're very focused on what they want to do. It's just so astronomically large that, you know, it, it, the, the production cycle on that is huge. But all the stuff they want to do sounds very interesting. They aren't sitting there going like, oh, look how big our universe is. This is great. It's look at all the stuff you can do. That's the fun part. This is what you, you want to buy our game for. This is why you care. Oh, and by the way, it's set in this big space universe. You know, that that's what makes it good. I shouldn't be watching a game in development and asking, but what do I do up until the day of release? Like that that is backwards. It is wrong. And that's the I hope that the industry learns their lesson from from No Man's Sky that you can't do open world like this. What matters is what you do, not where you do it. Where you do it is important, but if what you're doing is stupid, no one's going to care. They're, they're, they're going to expect it to be full of this ultimate open world. I can do whatever I want, like you said, like No Man's Sky level. But if you spend all your time focusing on the world and not what you actually do, it's not going to be a good game. And I think that's exactly what happened with No Man's Sky. And, you know, I, I, I hope the industry doesn't make this mistake again and moves away from doing things this way. Because, unfortunately, that's the direction I see it going recently. And this is kind of like you know, the culmination of all of this crap all at once. And I'm like, yep, that's what I was worried about the whole time. And this is what happens, you know. Anyways, rant over. <laughs> Your thoughts, guys? But I like how... Go ahead. But Pokey, there's 18 quintillion planets. <laughs> Screw you. New spaces! I, oh my I, god. I do like the fact, though, that, like, the one thing, like, like Hello Games had to remove all these really, like, interesting-sounding features... Um, or I don't know if they had to, but they it, they removed them. Uh, and the one thing that was still their big selling point was whatever the fuck was at the center of the, the of the galaxy, right? Your ultimate goal was to get to the center of the galaxy for whatever reason. And then when people made it to the center of the galaxy, 
nothing happened. You just there's, start over. There's no big, you know, uh, like... You mean there's no Tootsie there's center there's of nothing. the Tootsie Pop? Uh, yeah, exactly. There's no, no Tootsie Roll center of the Tootsie Pop. Apparently, you get to the center of the galaxy, the map just pulls back through all 18 Contoyan planets, and yeah, I think it, like, just goes in the direction of where you started on the outer edge, and then, like, rolls the fucking credits or some shit. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I think I get what they were going for. I'm going to reference the game Journey here because the game Journey is a work of art. And the idea is that you're this little this little guy and he's on a journey. You don't know why he is going to there, but he's trying to reach this mountain with this light, this, this, this light mountain. And let's say that that, that mountain with the, the source of light is the center of the universe. And the, and the, the story of Journey is it's basically, um, if you haven't played the game, I don't want to spoil it for you, but basically it's, it's his, his path through life to get to this ultimate goal. Um, and it's, it's very beautiful, very epic. It's, it's got a very, um, I'll say spiritual, but not in a religious sense, um, feel to it. it it's just that, you know, it, it's got a really good feeling to it that you're going towards this beautiful ultimate goal in your life. Um, I think that's what they wanted the center of the center to the, the, the center of the universe to feel like in no man's sky It's this epic quest that you are always going towards this end goal. Um, but I almost feel like if you are going to advertise a universe that is effectively infinitely large, the quest to that endpoint should never happen. You should never actually reach the center. But the path that you take there is meaningful. What you do, it creates stories. It creates um, you know, memories, things you can talk about, things that were interesting. And you are compelled to continue because... Every experience you have along the way is interesting in its own way, and you want to experience more. You want to, to move forward because what you're doing is interesting. And unfortunately, it's really difficult to do that with randomly procedurally generated stuff. In a way, you have to do it that way because, like I said, the journey almost has to never end. It has to be this constant push where you never reach the, the middle, but you still want to keep trying. Like That's, that's why you want to do it. Um, but at the same time, it's, it's almost like they they were able to create a procedurally generated universe, but they weren't able to generate content that was meaningful in a way to the player that they wanted to keep going. I think people like having a goal. They like working towards that goal. I don't think it even matters if you necessarily reach it as long as you feel like the effort you put forth to go towards that goal was rewarded. You know, I mean, you saw that kind of in, in, in Dust, for example, where... Um, you, you effectively could never finish. You had so many skills, you could never actually get there. But you, you felt like you were gaining stuff along the way. You were learning new things. You were improving yourself um, as a player, as a character, whatever. Um, and it was worthwhile. You, you kept doing it. And granted, it, it tapers off at a point where you, you start to not care as much. But, you know, the point is, is that you, you were compelled to keep going, even though you knew there was no level cap. There was no ultimate goal you could actually reach. Um, and I think that's that's what No Man's Sky was trying to do, but ultimately failed because it, it lacked the narrative. Because even if you're not going to provide a structured narrative, a storyline that you follow, like a Final Fantasy game, for example, or even even a vague one like Journey, um, if you don't provide a narrative or the means for a narrative to be generated or produced or discovered by the player, they're not going to care very long. Because at that point, you're just rambling around up around planets, you know, doing slightly different things but it's basically the same thing every time and sure you may have fun taking pictures and and talking about the cool crazy you know chipmunk monster that tried to kill you 
but it's not enough. And I think that they just fell short on, on giving the players the motivation they needed to go towards that ultimate goal, reach that journey, that, that experience that they had where they, they would actually want to keep going, even though you couldn't actually reach the center of the universe. And I think that's kind of what they half-assed. Like you said, they get to the metal and then the, the, the camera pans back and then you start over. Well, okay, at that point, it's just like a new game plus. You're just playing Dark Souls, basically. Where you complete the game, okay, start over, do it again. Start over, do it again. It doesn't have that same spiritual experience that you would that you would feel like like Journey had, um, where it's you know it, it really feels meaningful to you along the way, rather than just something you cycle through repeatedly because you can grind it out and it might be a little different each time, but it's it's basically the same game. Um, and I I, I I like if if that was indeed their vision, I applaud it. Um, it just wasn't executed the way it needed to be, and I don't know if developers know how to do that yet. And it's unfortunate because I think that this game had the potential to really give that due to the size of the universe, but it lacked the, 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 the compelling reason to continue to explore the universe and move towards the unattainable goal. It just it lacked that motivation for the player, and I, I think that's really what, what caused it to fail. And who knows? Maybe that's their intention to all along. They wanted to do that or something like that um, and just couldn't, didn't know how. Um, you know, I, I don't want to, to rat on, on developers. I think at the, the end of the day, people working at the company probably did the best they could. You know, they, they probably really did the best. And I don't want to, you know, uh, shit on their efforts because I'm sure the, the, the people down in the pit really wanted to make a great game and, and, and have it be successful and produce a, an experience that would be compelling for players. And, um, you know, I, I don't want to sell that short because I mean, everyone works, works hard at their job usually. Um, but unfortunately, the end product was not what they wanted. Uh, and I, I think it is a real shame. It's frustrating. Um, and I, I hope that they've learned something from it. I hope that other developers learn something from it moving forward. And we can hopefully produce someday, may it be Star Citizen or something else, a game that that is what people wanted in No Man's Sky and were unable to get. And and I, I really do hope. The, the vision is, is, is a beautiful one. Um, just it, it just fell short, unfortunately, and I, I do hope it happens someday. I like how Journey had more multiplayer than No Man's Sky. <sighs> yeah, right. I do want to point out that Space Engineers has done nearly everything that No Man's Sky has done, and it costs like thirty bucks. You mean oh, Space, shit, Star- Space Engineers? What? You, you mean? Uh, you don't mean No Man's Sky. You mean uh, Star Citizen? No, I mean Space Engineers. No, Space Engineers has done what Star Citizen is trying to do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, Star Citizen is a totally different level. The Space Engineers is, is a bit more simplistic, but but pretty pretty cool game. They're definitely worth checking out if you're on a PC. Because I don't, I don't did they have that on uh, on console yet? On Xbox. Oh, is it on Xbox? I, mm-hmm. I heard console talk a while ago, but I never really followed. Pretty it. sure it is. Let me double check. That's when that, that that's when I play on PC though. Um, if only for the mod support, because there's a, there's a pretty big modding community out there, which is pretty good. And I think the developers for uh, Space Engineers have actually pulled fan-made mods and, and revamped them a bit, but effectively put them in the game's official patches um, in the past. Oh, several. Several of them have. That's pretty legit. Yeah, Anyways, guys, I, 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 I rant about No Man's Sky for, for a while. Is there any other thoughts you guys wanted to drop on that? I'll, I'll, I'll stay out of the way this time. Okay, guess not. Um... 
So a couple more things uh, before we kind of kind of close this one up. Um, real briefly, it looks like PlayStation Plus um, is increasing their price from $49 a year to $59 a year, effective September 22nd. Um, you know, so 60 bucks a year is the price of a game. Honestly, I'm not too bad on a shape about it. It's going from like $4.80 to like $5 a month. Like it's, if you break it down month by month, it's not that bad. I know the price, if you pay monthly or uh, tri-monthly, it's, it's quite a bit higher. They're really encouraging the annual subscription. But, you know, I honestly don't, don't have too many qualms of paying for online service for, for you know, console. Obviously, it's, it's free um, in most cases for PC, but, you know, it, it does provide some benefits. You get a lot of free games and stuff through uh, PlayStation Plus and whatnot. So it's, you know, I, I feel it is of appropriate value in the, in the price hike is, is not um, too inappropriate. I'm not sure what the reason was, but, you know, again, it's it's $10 more a year. Um, you break that up between, you know, 12 months, it's less than a dollar increase. So it's, it's really not that bad, in my opinion. I didn't know it. PS Plus was cheaper than uh, Xbox Gold um, before this price increase. Yeah, Xbox Gold is absurd. It's 60 bucks a year. Could be wrong, yeah. though. And Xbox Gold kind of provides similar uh, benefits, right? You get, like, free huh? games and stuff every oh, month. Fuck yeah, I get free games. It's great. You get yeah, lots right. of free games. Yeah. And, that, and that's kind of fun, because, I mean, I, I enjoy being able to log in... Um, you know, uh, monthly and, and kind of look at the new stuff. And, you know, it's it's usually nothing that I'm going to be playing for any appreciable amount of time. I usually do <laughs> a couple afternoons usually. But, you know, it, it helps break it up. And, <clears throat> you know, again, it's it's not free like a PC, but it does come with additional benefits. So, you know, I, I'm not too too bad shape about it. And at the end of the day, at the end of the year, uh, it's really not that much of a price per month. I mean, less than less than a cup of coffee, really. So if you're, sure. if you're a coffee snob like Libby. And it's like, I mean... For me, the the good thing is, you know, with the free games, it, it gives me something to play. You know, I don't really want to. Sometimes I I don't really want to sit down and and play Fallout or play Call of Duty or whatnot. So you know, having like I think right now I've got um like fucking WWE 2K16 loaded, uh, which is a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be. So it k- kind of gives you some alternatives um, than just sitting down and playing what you normally play. For sure. For sure. Um, so, speaking of, of broken games, um, a bit of a game called uh, The Division. We've talked about it quite a bit in the past, um, particularly when, when Jay was still around and uh, he was playing with us a bit. So, Division is by and largely considered broken by a lot of the player base. Um, I tend to agree on, on many levels. There's a lot of potential there, but there's some really really glaring issues with the general gameplay and so much so that the division has pushed back their DLC schedule till next year. Um, I think for the last stands DLC, I think the uh, survival one's coming out later this year, um, but still 2016. Then they pushed the last stand DLC out to 2017 because they are um, focusing more on fixing core issues and systems and whatnot and glitches and stuff. And they are even going as far as to um, inviting people to apply for effectively a CPM position, um, like a, 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 a council of, of players that they are going to fly out to Massive's headquarters in Sweden for a couple of days to basically sit down and have like a summit where players talk with the developers to uh, help determine what needs to happen in the 1.4 patch to basically make Division better, um, to fix a lot of the glaring issues. Because what they've been doing while 
I would consider kind of band-aid fixes have not fixed a lot of the key core elements that I have a lot of a lot of problems with. It's kind of like my feelings on, on Destiny. There are some core elements that you can sprinkle glitter all over, you know, it, it's not gonna make you like it more. Um and in divisions the same way. There's some stuff they really have to work on. And <clears throat> who knows if this will actually yield changes that, you know, is gonna make the game more appealing. Um, or if it's just a PR stunt to go, hey, we're listening to the players so much we're willing to fly them out to Sweden. Uh, you know it's bad. You know it's bad when they're <laughs> emulating CCP. When they're like, Fred, yeah. what do we do to save our game? You know, CCP tried getting like players to to come up with things. Let's let's get them doing that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> as much as I I I really don't get me wrong, I absolutely love when developers take player feedback. When the developers stumble around for literally six months, unable to make fixes to their game, that they have to go, okay, we kind of give up. We need your guys' help from people who are probably not trained in game developments um, to come in. It's kind of sad. Like, like, don't, like I said, don't get me wrong. I think it's great that they are willing to do that when they know there's an issue. Um, but it is it is telling at the very least. And, and hopefully this this does turn around and, and yield some, some changes that make me want to play the game again. Because I unfortunately have not touched it um, in quite some time. Um, mostly because I'm playing different games that I'm enjoying a lot more and don't want to bang my head against the wall for you know being wiped out because of a glitch sucking me through a wall and dropping me off the map again. I mean, what are your thoughts, Libby? I know you played Division with us. Uh, you know, do, you, do you think it's going to yield anything of value, or do you think this is going to kind of be more of the same moving forward? I think it's going to be more of the same until Division 2 comes out. Is that a yeah, thing? Yeah, I mean, that's... I'm doing Destiny. No, she's right, though. I mean, that's, that's how I feel about Destiny. Is it's like, like, oh, well, we're going to do all this, this, this. I'm like, I still don't care about whatever Rise of Iron crap you're going to release. Your core system sucks. Um, you need to change it, and probably the next sequel game is... The only chance you've got to make that happen. If you botch that one, I'm out. You know, I'm not. I'm not touching this franchise again. Um, and I, I don't think there's any announcement for Division Two, but uh, you know, it, it kind of needs that level of overhaul where they really take a look at their core systems and go, "This isn't working anymore." Um, and, and often it takes a, a change of game, like a, a true sequel, not just an expansion or an update, to do that because. Typically speaking, you're changing really core systems, and you don't tend to want to screw around too much with the game and piss off people that do like the way it is. Because with you know, like for example, like Titanfall, if they had changed Titanfall one from the old rodeo system to the new rodeo system randomly, uh, people probably would have freaked out. You, you're allowed a little more, a little more uh, room for change, I think, when you you actually have a, a true game change. Um, or at least a, a large paid expansion like an MMO, you can tend to, to kind of mix things up a bit with a big paid expansion rather than just a you know usual update. So you know we'll see. I'm not sure what the division's plans are, um, but I do hope that they do yield uh, some appropriate change that actually makes me want to come back to the game. Because like I said, there's there's a lot of stuff I really like about it. I think I've had some, some good experiences in division, but unfortunately some of the bad experiences have kind of pushed me away from it. Same with Destiny. I've had lots of fun with Destiny. But there's some core stuff that really irks me, and I just it, it's too much for me to care enough to stick around for a long period of time. So, you know, I, I do hope they can fix it, because I do want to enjoy those good parts without having to deal with the bad parts um, moving forward. It makes me wonder about the future of, uh, of other uh, games that uh, Ubisoft is, is making, such as um, 
oh fuck, what's the other the new Ghost Recon game? Um, oh, oh man, Wildlands. that one. There Wild- we go. Yeah, I don't know about that one, man. Yeah, I don't either. Like I'm, I'm looking at the gameplay, and I'm like, <laughs> like I'm not gonna go back to it, but I, I saw the gameplay. I'm like, oh look, more open world bullshit oh, yeah, that I don't right. care about. Like that's basically what it looked like. Here's a big open world with little meaningless things you can do spread out. Like I don't, mm. I don't know about that one. I'll have to yeah. wait and see if I'm gonna hold my breath. Yeah, I'm, let's see if it suffers from the same thing that Division suffers from. Well. <sighs> Division's weird in that it's got they they built this really cool city that you do the story missions in, which means you don't really look around the city. You pretty much look within the building you're doing the story mission in, and then did nothing with it. Like like in that one, I was like, guys, once again, you built a cool world. Like I, I love the aesthetic of of you know post virus New York. Like it was mm-hmm. badass, but it was largely empty. You go around and do you know high value target hunts, okay, but even those were instanced. Like I, I just, I didn't care. They, I didn't, there was no compelling reason to go explore because once you did the main story, you were done, which was really short, by the way. And you know, I had no reason to go prowling around the city anymore, other than you know, gathering resources, I guess. But whatever, you know, I don't care. All right. Um. So one more thing that Zell brought up, kind of mid-show here. Uh, do you want to talk a bit about the Six Flag Six Flags VR uh, roller coaster ride that uh, came out recently? Yeah, so this is actually, um, I saw this article was from uh, Justin at uh, Tech Eris, who was on our show a couple weeks ago. Um, and uh, so we we live, at, we both live in the Chicago area, and um, up north, an hour and a half or two hours away, is uh, one of the Six Flags, which is uh, Six, Six Flags Great America. And uh, they took a roller coaster they already ha- have, which is uh, called uh, the Demon, and um they have a special run of it they do where they give everybody a gear vr headset um to play a game while they are riding their roller coaster um and uh so i i guess they use you know where you're looking to target and fire at, at things and so you're you're running through this ride which is um you you don't you don't see anyone else on the ride of course um you know they they try and if you've done some of the some of the rides that say like you know you're going through saving the world or whatever and you're actually but you're sitting on a set of cars with eight other sets of you know people and stuff like that this it's you you see through the VR headset that you're in like uh, the cockpit of an attack helicopter I think it said it was um so you only see you and and the this environment around you. Um, that you're shooting stuff while you're riding this coaster, which is flinging you around in all sorts of directions, presumably synced up to um, the game. So you know the the it's <laughs> I guess it's kind of a a rail shooter in a far more literal sense, um, which you know seems kind of interesting. Um, and I guess it takes a really long time to set up because um, they have to obviously get everybody acquainted with the VR headsets, and um, they have to clean them after every um, every run. So they do not uh they do not do every run of the demon with it. They do like a VR run every like five or six runs. Um, you know, through this separate line where they prep everyone for that and then they'll do one of those runs and then they'll do normal runs of the roller coaster while they get set up for the next run of the VR version. Um, but it's kind of neat because they're, you know, they're kind of taking that whole immersive experience of VR and then putting it on you actually getting, you know, moved around a lot by the the roller coaster. So is it like a like an actual roller coaster? 
It's an actual legit roller coaster. Like I'm moving at 30 miles an hour super fast and being jerked around and whatnot. It's not one of those. Yes, it's it's a it's a 10 mile an hour. It's a legit roller coaster. Um, and uh, or or at least I assume it's a legit roller coaster. I don't know my roller coasters. I'm terrified of roller coasters. I won't even do like the little kitty roller coasters. Um, I I just know. But um, so I guess the one kind of downside feedback um he said was he said that you know it could be a little uncomfortable because you know if you're on a roller coaster where you can see the tracks in front of you and you know where you're about to to go you might adjust how you're you know hanging on to things or how your head is positioned to kind of not get banged around um and you you can't see what's about to happen because you're you can't see the, the coaster tracks um and that it, he also said he thought it was maybe even less thrilling because you didn't see like the ground coming up to meet you, you know that sort of thing. Um, but it was really immersive as a game. What the? F- they're putting this on the? Wow, yeah, this is a legit roller coaster. Okay. What I want to know is how do they strap it to your head so it doesn't fall off? Yeah, no shit, because there's a loop in this in this thing, two loops. Well, I mean, I assume that they both, you know, obviously the the, the Gear VR is designed not to leave your head once you're wearing it. Um, but I maybe it I, lowers I, down from the the seat to kind of. I presume they like at least kind of tether the thing to the 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 ride while you're on it because the last thing you know you talk about people dropping their cell phones off of roller coasters you start dropping vr headsets <laughs> oh my god that's terrifying though i mean they're, really they're just phones in a box but you know because they're they are your vrs um i i kind of wonder how much they have to do to like they probably have some extra steps to secure the phones inside the the vr headsets so that people don't walk off with the phones i'm, I'm just amused by the fact that we've taken a electronic device you strap to your face which can cause nausea and put them on people on a ride which also can cause nausea <laughs> like oh. um double the vibe oh my god it, I'm, maybe I'm it not cancels one each other out though right? he's well, saying it feels geez, more he, he said it felt less like freaky because you were seeing this game environment instead of you know I don't know. People would still get that would sick. freak me the fuck out. Some dude. people would think they're on a water ride, but they really just got vomited on. <laughs> I mean, my question is, is that in typically in VR, you're you're encouraged to look around the the digital environment, right? That right. Uh, doing that on a roller coaster can be dangerous. You know, well, depending on how, how rough it is. If you're twisting your head sideways to look at something, and you like like you said, if you are not prepared for a rough turn. You could really hurt yourself by hitting a turn at a bad angle with your head turned the wrong way. Oh. Yeah, I, I wonder if to some degree they, they fight that with the actual game design itself. Because it, it, it is, you know, as I said, it's kind of a, supposed to be like a rail shooter. And it's where you're looking that's where you're shooting. So, hypothetically, so, okay. you, could, you could guide that by putting the enemies you're shooting at where you probably should be looking to be safe on the ride. So is it I like mean, that's, that's fair. Is it constantly shooting throughout the whole ride, or do you have to push one of the buttons on the headset? Um, that's a good question. Because that could be that could get a little a little dangerous if you're having to hold out your your arm to push the button. Well, they the kind of. I mean, they kind of assume your your hands are up, roller coaster and all. Um, that's retarded. I don't like I don't like people who do that. Well, people do that. It's just a thing I don't, that I, do not understand, I don't understand why. Like, what's the point in, or what's the what's the fun in holding your hands over your head as you're 
Yeah, I don't get it. It's, it's because you have you you feel like you're in less control, so it's more thrilling. Just one of those Jesus take the wheel moments. I guess. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And that you can't even <laughs> see that... where you're going. Oh, oh God. yeah. Oh, honestly, though, I probably would. Well, for the reason we decided, I, I probably would hang on in this case just for that extra level of safety. Because I mean, oh, like I said, I, I, if you don't know when it's coming, because I mean, like, like said, you'll, you'll lean into turns. You know, when you're kind of, you'll lean in the direction you're going to be turning in to kind of compensate. But like, if I'm not going to be able to see what's going to happen next, I'm going to hang on. You know, <laughs> just, just so I'm not twisting my neck and, and banging my head around. Because I mean, that, that could be. Unenjoyable. I mean, certain like wooden roller coasters, for example, are very rough, and for some people, they don't like that because it's it's so jarring. There's no smooth turns, really, like you you get in more modern coasters. And you know, for some people, you may not want to be bouncing around like that, unknowing of of or having any control of of how you're going to be bounced around. So, you know, certainly having a little more control might be beneficial for some people. So, I, I probably would experience the ride a little bit differently if I was doing it that way. Too bad for those old people who get in line and then the attendants just hand them this VR headset and they're like, what? Marty, they gave us a pair of glasses. <laughs> do you know what to do with this? You got a text on the ride? <laughs> that's really good. Oh, that's awesome. All right, guys. Is there anything else you want to talk about uh, before we bring this one in for a close? All right, then. Um, so let's do some shout outs here and then we'll. Uh, We'll uh, probably bring this one in for a close. So, uh, Zell. Yes, I've buddy. got one. Yeah. I have one. Okay. Zell, okay. shout outs. I am, gi- I am giving my shout out to, uh, to uh, all of the goons and all of the former goons that go to goon parties because they're not part of goons, but they still want to go to the party. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I, was, uh, I was in uh, uh, Wisconsin this weekend at uh, the uh, Summer Swarm uh, goon, and uh, that, was, that was a lot of fun. There was, um, there was, partying and a lot of really really bad singing at, at rock band um and some card games really really bad singing at rock band goons singing huh little bees I, it's it's pretty bad okay all right <laughs> zell shut up man i i just gave one i'm sorry you see you having one that's why i'm tired screw <laughs> you <laughs> uh, usually yeah. he goes like second or third this is <laughs> what's true. up baby uh yeah, I'm gonna give a shout out to uh, my local guitar center. I actually went out and uh, and bought a new guitar today. Um, had a really great experience. Probably the best experience I've had at a music store in a very long time. So that was really cool. Um, and it got a good deal. And what else? Shout out to 18 Quintillion Planets. Uh, all right. <laughs> um, I'll 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 give Dante a pass right now since he's in the middle of a Titan fight. Um, Livy, shout outs. What? All right. Um. I don't really have a shout out, but I'm just, I just read that uh, Amazon's actually looking at opening physical stores now. I think they already have one in Seattle and they're trying to see uh, if it could be a challenger to Barnes and Nobles. I don't know how I feel about that. Wow. They have to have a kick-ass coffee shop in there for it to even compete with Barnes and Noble. Right. And it can't be Starbucks. It's got to be like Amazon yeah. coffee. I think of a clever so name for is that. It, is it like a bookstore specifically or is they selling products as well? It's Amazon Books, and that's the name of okay. the store. And they, they that use, back to the roots. They use science to determine what books to st- like. They don't. They don't have like the entire Amazon Books warehouse there. So, you know, yeah, it's reasons. It's kind of like by demand of what people seem to be physically looking for in that area. So it's going to be really. That should be the official motto. It should be Amazon Books. We use science as their. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Um, Dante, shout outs, man. Uh, I'm going to do a shout out for Respawn for not putting the goddamn smart pistol in Titanfall 2. <laughs> nah, dude, they, they said that they said it's going to be in there. I was reading that last week. I'm glad the, they guess lead. I'm canceling my pre-order. It's <laughs> <laughs> the lead guy or whatever was like, yeah, it's going to be in there at some, at some capacity. Uh, I, I, I had a thing they were going to put it in there. They just didn't want the beta to be nothing, but oh my god, what the hell is this <laughs> stupid pistol. gun? Yeah. It's okay, then the filthy fucking casuals can do, use it. <laughs> It's fine. It's perfectly balanced. Yeah. But yeah. Bullshit. Um, I mean, they already have SMGs and sniper rifles with two barrels because I guess that's a thing in Titanfall. Right. You know, if 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 I'm shooting a dude with a gun, if I shoot two bullets at the same time, that's twice as good, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. The sniper rifle fires two bullets side by side at, at them, and then like the SMG fires like one after another out of alternating barrels. For is real? Like, you know, For one, real? One bullet, one shot. Well, it's an SMG with high bullet damage but low fire rate. It's actually, I'm playing with it right now. It's actually quite fun. That little car SMG has low has a low fire thing. No, 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 no. The car's different. This is a different SMG. Oh shit. Okay. Makes no right. sense. Makes no sense. Um. All right. I'm gonna give my shout out to um. And I. I I honestly, I actually want to reiterate on this. A shout out to the developers over at Hello Games. I don't want my because you know they they totally listen to my, our show here, uh, but I, I don't want my little rant to, to you know to be seen as a direct attack on the developers there. I, like again, I, again, I'm sure that at the end of the day they went in there, did the absolute best they could to be the best product they possibly could, um, and I, I really do want to give a shout out to people that, that work really hard to to produce a good product. Um, it may or may not have been what they wanted in the end, but you know again, shout out to those guys for for working really hard and and in doing their best to, to produce a, a quality product. Because, um, I mean, that that is really important. I don't want people to think that, you know, I, I want to say, oh, the developers are shit. Because, you know, like I said, even if the vision on a grand scale was was not there, um, you know, I, I think they did produce a very attractive and, and good-looking game. And, you know, they, they certainly delivered on their 18 quintillion planets. So um, either way, a shout-out to those guys. Uh, again, uh, if you want to be on the show or have a topic you want to talk about, um, hit us up. Um, pokey.draven at gmail.com or uh, our other contacts are on the website you can do at pokeydraven uh, on twitter or at OCD Trekkie, um if you want to want to contact us for show ideas or if you want to come on like I said, whatever whatever you want to do you don't have to talk you can just come on and, and sit and lurk we've had people do that before that's totally fine um, and we'll get you on here uh, other than that um, surprisingly Bates contact information is not on the website so you can only get it here you should probably get on that then. Okay, I'll I'll get on that. What, bait, what is your contact info? Uh, at Bryce underscore G. So I don't even know my fucking Twitter handle. Oh my! I'm looking. You know, while he's looking, No Man's Sky actually has a new development. It's actually erotic stories. Just putting that out. Is that for the oh, miners? You know, erotic. Erotic. <sighs> what? No, you did not just. Okay, no, Dante's not allowed <laughs> the show anymore. Oh, come on. I deserve that if you did the stupid cool Vault 111 thing. Hey, the people in Vault 111 are cool. Uh, okay. Um, Literally. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's time to go. It is time to go. Um, did you get your uh, Twitter handle, man? Bryce? Uh, yeah, it's um, Bryce, Bryce underscore G71. All right. And uh, Livy, you're at underscore more Livy underscore, correct? That is correct. Okay. Well, at least I got half of them right. So, <laughs> um, 
I gotta get a list here so I can actually rattle these off a little better. But uh, again, uh, thanks for tuning in either via live stream uh, on Twitch or on our website. Um, I know our website's having issues with the uh, server changing all the time. I'm pretty sure that's because no one's actually listening through the server because Twitch is a lot easier, I think. But uh, I'll, I'll keep streaming on both. Um, or if you hit us up on the, the recording, uh, be sure to look at the website if you want the extended show notes. Uh, leave comments, suggestions. That works too. You don't even have to email us if you don't want to. Um, just let us know what you like more of. We can talk about something. We, hell, we'll probably even buy a game and try it out if you want us to review it. Just let us know. It's obviously not too absurd. I'm yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I want to thank everyone for tuning in again. Um, I'm going to stop rambling now. So uh, everyone have a good night and good luck.